Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all you have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under the radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with Jeremy Jakobowitz, the entrepreneur behind Instagram's wildly popular account, Brunch Boys. Jeremy has over a decade of media experience. He worked in sports television and then landed a gig as Bobby Flay's on-set assistant, which by the way, in today's episode, he revealed that he's the one who actually made Bobby's Instagram account back in the day. Crazy, right? From there, Jeremy started producing for networks like The Food Network, The Cooking Channel, and FYI, while starting to dabble in the Instagram game himself. He created the account Brunch Boys, which has amassed close to 500,000 followers on Instagram, including me, obviously, who are obsessed with his content that showcases some of the most delicious and over-the-top brunch foods across the country. If you don't follow him, do yourself a favor and follow him now. Our guy definitely knows a thing or two about the brunch scene. With that, welcome to Active Ingredient, Jeremy. All right, so we're here with Jeremy from Brunch Boys. Um, Jer, for the people that do not follow you on Instagram, can you give us kind of like a little elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Right. Uh, it's always very confusing, but at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I produce content that's based around brunch, I guess. Lots of videos, obviously lots of photos with Instagram. Um, and it's sort of like my life, but in my life, it's very focused on brunch. So it's food videos and food photos, but then like my travel and my experiences and every part of my life. So whatever you want to call that, I guess, I mean, technically I'm an influencer because that's how I get paid, but that's such like a weird word. You're a content producer, influencer, content producer. food I like expert, yeah. connoisseur. It's sure. All of those things. I'm all those things and more. Amazing. So this podcast is called Active Ingredient and it's, it's based off of what it is that kind of sets you apart from everyone else, like why you were put on this earth to do. Maybe maybe when you're 50, your active ingredient changes, but at this point in time, like I feel like food is such a big integral part of what you do. How did you kind of get to the point of realizing just from the beginning, maybe in your childhood or something, that you even had this inter- this massive interest in food? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like I sort of like ended up connecting the dots later, but food really always has been a big part of my life. Like I've always cooked, even when I was little, I think like it was just like fun to do. It's something that my mom pushed me to do and like experience all foods. Like her whole thing when, when I was little was like, there's nothing I wasn't allowed to taste. So like as a kid, you don't want to eat anything where her rules were taste it. And if you really hate it, spit it out. I never spit it out. So even like as a little kid, like I just like you learn to appreciate food. Like I always joke, like the first food I ever ate, like solid food was a mushu pork at a Chinese restaurant. Oh my God. How old were you? I think it was like, I don't know how old are kids when I started eating (laughs) two or three, whatever it was. And like that set off from there. Like even I remember, so I, I, I was born in Brooklyn and I grew up in Westchester, but so from zero to six, I was in Brooklyn. And I remember like my like special, if I wanted like a special dinner, 
there was a Thai place that I would make my parents take me to. Like, what kind of fuck? I, I mean, yeah. I guess now it makes sense. Like, oh, like a four-year-old in Brooklyn, of course, is like eating Thai food. But then in the '90s, the Brooklyn no, Brooklyn absolutely not. Like it's that. like chicken fingers, pizza, <laughs> yeah, like chocolate. Exactly. Milk. So then, like, I always love food. I always love food TV. I, I cooked. Both my parents worked, and like, I was hungry and I wanted to eat, so I would cook. Um, but then, didn't really connect it um, to do it as a career until I sort of fell into it. I was working in sports TV and just wanted to get out of sports TV. It's like, okay, well, what else do I do? But and even when you were working in sports TV, what, how old were you at this time also? Uh, I worked in sports TV from when I was 19 until I was 23, 24. At this time, would you say that in your group of friends, you still had like the most passion for food at, or were you just kind of asleep to this? No, I don't even know if it was that passionate about food. I mean, I, I went to NYU, so like, was able to like go to cool restaurants, but it was never like, oh, I need to go to the hottest, hippest place. It's always like, okay, let me just find what's good. Like I enjoy finding food when I travel. That's what yeah. I like doing. Um, but it wasn't the same sort of passion it was now. But even like the, it was different back then. Also, I mean, this is already this is a decade ago. Like right. the whole food phenomenon wasn't even taking place. And obviously, New York City, everyone's always cared about food, but it wasn't as like crazy thing, especially among younger people. Yeah, to have to get to your hottest place and have one hundred percent. So at what point did you kind of have the aha moment while you were in the TV industry that this was more? So it took me working it. So basically what happened was uh, I left sports TV and I was like, what else can I do? And in New York, uh, it's mostly reality TV and you can end up working on Housewives or whatever. I mean, sign me up. (laughs) I worked on a... Ramona, what up? I did like Snooki Wow as a PA. I'm like, this isn't Oh my God. Snooki Wow was my client when I was at MTV. Side (laughs) note. Season one. That's Um, amazing. But, or you work in food TV, which is great. And I, the first gig I ever had was unpaid, put myself up, travel myself to Rochester. And I spent three days working on Man First Food. Amazing, And it, that still didn't even open up to like, wow, I should do food TV. Because I didn't even understand that, what that world was. But it just happened. That was the first thing. We were like, wow, this is cool. I get to go to restaurants and blah, 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 blah. How did that opportunity even present itself to you? Um, so I was just looking for PA gigs. And I'd go on every website. And even though at that point I'd been in TV for four or five years, uh, going from sports, which is really news, to reality is completely different. Mm-hmm. And my resume honestly didn't matter. Uh, I was really starting over. So I saw a gig. Um, it said, like, unpaid unpaid production assistant Rochester for a food show that's four days. And I was like, huh. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, if it doesn't say what the show is, it's either really big or really small. I'm like, what? I'm like, what small show are we taking for four days? And I love Mamber's Food. Like, that was always one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And I knew they had never been to Rochester, and I knew that they taped four days just because, like, I've asked around in the industry. I'm like, this is my first So like, you I, knew. I I, like, I just know it. So That's I blindly fly. I said, listen, I live in Westchester, but I'm happy to drive myself to Rochester. I'm happy to pay for my own hotel. I'm happy to not get paid. I'm happy to do anything. How old were you? 23, 24. Okay. Uh, and they were like, all right, sure. And like that was the first gig. That's amazing. Um, and even that didn't really lead to anything. Just sort of like, oh, this is cool. Um, and then what really led to it was... I started, I just was able to pick up like random PA gigs in New York City, uh, got friendly with one production company and they were just hiring me like day to day, every like literally like once, a, one day a week. And then they're like, oh, well, our biggest show is Worst Cooks in America. Mm-hmm. We want to hire you to be our PA on that show, like be, do the full run. So it's the first like official show I ever got hired on. Um, and that season was Amber and Bobby Flay. I met Bobby Flay. 
And he was, after the show wrapped, he was like, I have my own production company. I do all these shows. I want to hire you. So at that point, it was like, well, was, whether I wanted to or not, I was going to be in the food TV world. But then just being in it, it just sort of opened up. as like, wow, like, I've always loved food. I've always loved food TV. I've always, like, watched all these shows. Mm-hmm. I've always truly had such a passion for it. It's never really connected the dots to do it. And now that I'm in it, holy shit, this is amazing. That's amazing. So what year was it that you started working with Bobby? I'm asking about yours because of Instagram's correlation. Oh, I'm very bad with, uh, I guess I was 24 probably when I started working with him and I'm 31 now. So that. So Instagram was definitely still at its very early stages, if not even launched yet. I definitely didn't have Instagram. It it might've just launched. I didn't have it because remember it was only on iPhone for the first year or two. And I've never had an iPhone, so I wasn't allowed to be on Instagram. Wow. Um, yeah, it's funny. I even remember, like, I remember very early on, the, like, the day I got Instagram, I remember, I was in Asbury Park, I was filming with Bobby, we were doing a show called uh, Three Days to Open. Yes, Three Days to Open Bobby Flight. It only ran six episodes. <laughs> you didn't hear about it. <laughs> um, and I remember signing up, and I remember telling Bobby, like, yo, you got to get on Instagram. We, like, set him up. I was like, kind of like, this is going to be the thing. Yeah. And, like, doing the first thing with him. And it's funny, too, like... I got him on Instagram, and then I was on... And you still didn't have it? No, I had oh, you so did. that was the weekend. I remember getting it that week, because I was playing with it. I was like, oh, okay, shit, okay. this is going to be, got like, it. the platform. Like, you need to grab your name. You need to, like, start your account. He's like, get. What is account. the new one? What would you say right now is, like, you need to get an account. You need to move forward. Like, what... I feel like everyone Instagram. has Only that Instagram. question. Forget okay. about it. Or YouTube. I, honestly, I've been really enjoying YouTube. I think, like, the content's really amazing. I find that, like... So much, I mean, it, yes, it's garbage account, uh, uh, like content everywhere, but like the people that are doing really cool stuff on YouTube is insane. They're very invested. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Just like the creative people on Instagram too, I guess too, but you don't see that anyway. It's like Twitter. It, it's harder. just words. I mean, yeah. I guess you could be a wordsmith, I guess. Yeah. Facebook, no one's sharing interesting content. Truly. They share right. news articles, which is fine. But like to be an artist and be a creative force. It really is Instagram and YouTube, and I think that's what's sort of drawn me to it and drawn everybody to it. Got it. All right, well, definitely going to keep pushing the Instagram content I don't know, out. Is there, is there a new one? That, not not that I know of. That's why I'm asking. Forget about Snapchat. I mean, I think that was really Snapchat. Snap. I think that was Snapchat's problem. Snapchat's problem is a couple things. I think one... You can't, you could be, you can be creative on any platform, but when you're given just a raw camera and really like sort of filters and shit, you can't really do anything beyond what everyone else can do. You weren't given capabilities to produce stuff that's so different than everyone else. Yeah. So that creative, those people that are super creative aren't drawn to that They're being limited, yeah. And then two, you can't grow organically on Snapchat. Their whole idea was we're too fucking cool, just whatever, whatever. But you know what happens when you can't grow and someone sends it to grow, Sure, you use it to chat with your friends, which is what people really use it for now. Right. But as a brand or an influencer or people trying to grow your account, you couldn't. You had to push people from other platforms to there. Right. So if they're already following you on Instagram anyway, it's confusing. what's the point of yeah. giving them shittier content on Snapchat? Completely agree. And they, they've never fixed that problem. And I've asked them. I had a friend that was working there. I said, is, is there any way to implement some sort of explore page, some sort of way to discover accounts? And she was like, they would have to pretty much start over the way they built that system. And it's just not really going to happen. Interesting. So they've done little things like the geotags. I think you can sort of find accounts, but like there's no I feel like it's more, yeah, it's been more of a play on editorial than Mm -hmm. discovery of like actual individuals. Right, yes. 
Um, okay, so back to you showing Bobby Flay what is up on Instagram. <laughs> oh, right, yes. Uh -huh. So you said, Bobby, there's this new app called Instagram. Uh -huh. I played with it this weekend. Yes, I think that this is going to be the next wave. Yeah. Can you give it a shot? And what did he say? Cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, no. So you basically, so you were basically Bobby's Instagram manager from day one. <laughs> sure, we, can, sure. we can call you the unofficial. I, I don't think he posted on it for another two years. Okay. Uh, but at least like that day, it was like, no, like this is... And now, you know, his, his cat is an Instagram star. So, yeah, totally. Cat has more followers than most people and better engagement. Yeah. Nacho, I mean, he's... Nacho Flay's engagement is insane. People follow What would you say the percentage is? Oh, his engagement rate, I think has, I haven't checked recently, but he apparently has like 150,000 followers and 13,000 likes. That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's people, people love cats, people love Bobby. It's a well-run account. People if you love ask Bobby. Bobby. If you ask Bobby who runs the account, he swears it's Nacho. So, oh my God, the, the cat knows what's up. That is amazing. <laughs> so you guys are in the beginning of Instagram and mm -hmm. you are starting with your own Instagram. Can mm -hmm. you kind of like walk us through the progression of when you were helping him? And then also like how you started to get in your own kind right. of flow of Instagram. Uh, I mean, just helping him is literally like, you should do this. And then they're like, all right, yeah. for it, and then like moved on from there. Um, I mean, in terms of my own stuff, like I had the personal one for since the beginning, my personal account. Yeah. And then it was probably a Jeez, I can't remember any numbers. Like a year or two later is when I started Brunch Boys. So Brunch Boys, I started four and a half years ago. And the idea wasn't to have a food Instagram account. Those didn't exist. But you did this while you were still with Bobby? Yeah. I mean, I, when I started Brunch Boys, I wasn't his PA anymore, but I was certainly like, still on his yeah. shows, like producing or whatever. Because um, it was always like when, just when he would work on a TV show. So I'd do other stuff in yep. between me and Bobby. Um, but so... Uh, I was just bored between gigs. Like on TV, you get a gig and sometimes you're off for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever, until the next one starts. So four and a half years ago, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like make some brunch videos. That'll give me something to do, just like creatively have something on my own. Can you paint a picture of what Instagram looked like at this point? Like who else were the accounts that you were looking at for inspiration? Nobody, I, no, I didn't even think to look on Instagram for inspiration. I didn't know food Instagram, food Instagram accounts existed. Literally, the only thought to starting the Brunch Boys Instagram account was when I picked the name Brunch Boys, I picked it because I wanted something I could own across all platforms. Just because when you have any brand, it's important to have everything. Right. So it's like, all right, Brunch Boys website, Brunch Boys Facebook, Brunch Boys Twitter, Brunch Boys Instagram. What am I going to post on Instagram? I don't know, nothing. I got the name. Who cares? Like, you weren't posting food photos every day. The idea was like, oh, I can make these videos that are going to go on YouTube and like, maybe I'll like promote it a little bit on Instagram. I don't know. Like, it was just yeah. there to have it pretty much. Um, but I would post on it just because really what happened was I stopped doing the videos pretty quickly. Just they were enormous things to do. Time constraints. Yeah. And like, a lot and of I editing. Like went yeah. back to work and TV. Yeah. Like, once I'm on a show, I can't be doing anything yeah. else. But I ended up doing a lot of food travel shows. So I would just like organically be in all these restaurants every day. I'd be in two to three restaurants a day just like producing, but like having a thousand dishes in front of me. So I had all these photos of food and I was like, huh, I don't want to flood my personal feed of food photos. I'm like, mm, I have this other account where I sort of post food. Maybe I'll just put the photos there. Amazing. And I started posting every day and multiple times a day just because I had the content. Like I was there doing it. Um, and that's when it exploded. And like that was a year after I started the account. Really, for the first year, I never really posted. And then you started just... Yes. And then like because I had the content, I was like, 
oh, I guess I'll post there. And then, like, that was really when food Instagrams became a thing. Like, it was like, oh, like infatuation, right. like all that shit. So how did you grow your community from day one? You said it exploded right when you started doing it massive amounts right of content? It exploded right when posting. So i say it took a year to get to 1,000 followers. And by the time I started posting for real, that's when food Instagrams became a thing. So I think people were just looking for them. They were, and I remember being... Just when, like, hashtag eats was yeah, around? Yeah, all okay. that shit. Yeah, and, like, I, I would say every bigger account in New York City right now had way more followers than me. Like, Skylar was always, like... Like, when I started doing... Did you it, and Skylar go to school together? No, Skylar is much younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like, yeah, she went to NYU, too. She did go to NYU. Yeah. <laughs> I graduated years ago. I feel like there's, like, a foodie boom that comes from <laughs> the NYU cool kids. Um... But it's like Skylar, it was like eating uh, NYC Lexa, it was like No Leftovers, it was like Infatuation, like all those accounts started, sort of started at the same time as uh-huh. remember like being just like, they probably had 50,000 followers, but when I was at 1,000 followers. Um, but then like, we all sort of started to bubble at the same time and I started to catch up a little bit more. I just like, I was in a million restaurants, like this was a time when restaurants weren't comping people. It wasn't super easy to just get so much content for free. Right. Um, where I was getting the content for free. It happened to be in these restaurants filming. For those of you who don't know, Instagram um, foodie people get free meals all the time at this day and age. Back then they didn't, but yes. now they all get comped to kind of just go in there, take some pictures, yeah. post. It's just I, kind I of like it's kind of like the currency. Yeah, I mean, it's the way I look at it is, I think there's some ways to look at it. Some Instagrams look at it like as their way to eat. and like, cool, like I'm going to, Go in there and take some photos, yeah. get food. Like the way I view it, it's the same way I view when I was working on food TV shows. Yeah. When I was working, when I was making a Food Network show, we clearly weren't going in there paying for the fucking dishes. Right. Like we were getting the content to shoot. It's like any, I, I always say when I approach restaurants, for the most part, I like legitimately go and brunch and like that's comp. But like during the week, like I'm like, I would like to set up a photo shoot or a video shoot. There's no like weirdness. Like, Ooh, is it a comp or not? Right. Like, no, of course it's not a comp. Like, why would that be a comp? Like, it's not even my meal. Like, right. I don't want any service. I, I'm not there to drink. Like, I'm not. I, I just want to get that content. Obviously, totally. I taste it or whatever. But you know. Um, but so anyway, so uh, yeah, it started to skyrocket when like it became a thing. I had the content, and then it really. It, well, I'm gonna say skyrocket. It was bubbling up, and then what happened was I got done. I did three straight food travel shows. This is almost three years ago exactly. Okay. And it was burnt out. Like, I was on the road. I wanted a break. And at the time, I had maybe 15,000 followers, which is a good number, but even back then, wasn't a ton compared to everyone else. But I had, like, weird opportunities. Like, oh, people want me in the restaurant. People want me at this party. That's kind of cool. And I would always have to say no because I was working. So I was like, you know what? I took off a month or two. I need a, I need a break. And I'll just, like, play a brunch boys. So, like, at least mentally have something to do. Whether I make, make money or not. It's more so like, do I have work to do? Like, that's always a bigger issue for me. Mm-hmm. So I took off two months and my plan was, my plan is to go back to work in January, the new year, because December is usually really slow in TV anyway. Yeah. So I was like, I'll take off November, December, whatever. So I took off and like, for the first time I'd had the account for almost two years at that point. And for the first time I actually focused on what the content was and like strategies and getting better at it and like how to post and hashtags. Like I started actually thinking about all that shit. And that's when the account took off. I mean, I grew... This is pre-algorithm. This was three years ago? This is three years ago. This is pre-algorithm too, so you have to sort of like... These algorithms are literally killing everyone. I'm so confused by them. Uh, it's... it's. We could get into that too. But, <laughs> but basically what happened was because of all that, I grew a thousand followers a day for like 
seven months straight. This was back when you just like were hyper focused. This is when I was like and strategizing. So then it started growing, 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 and I started getting more opportunities. And I was like, okay, I still wasn't making money. What were you doing in those days that you were getting a thousand more people? Going to a million restaurants and getting content <laughs> and networking, networking, fucking with everybody, everyone, everyone I could meet, at, no matter who you were, just networking. I mean, that's a good and did the, New York City anyway. But did yeah. the growth in your followers also translate into the growth of what you were getting paid from some of these brands? I wasn't getting paid anything. Okay, so at this at point, this there point, was no paid partnerships. It wasn't nothing even like, that. like a thing. Yeah, okay. like nobody's paying anyone. Uh, but then money started. I gave myself a deadline. Like, okay, when can I like? When do I run out of money and have to go back to TV? And I gave myself a deadline of like, I will just suck it up and not make money and see what I can do with this. And I was starting making money. That's and amazing. I started making more money than I did in TV. And I was like, mm. cause even then, like there wasn't like, there was no thought to do this full time. Like how the fuck could you ever make enough money to do this full time? Um, but, and I was like, all right, like maybe like this is like a good thing to do between TV gigs. I'll work on TV, take a week off, whatever, yeah. whatever. But then, I mean, part of it is you don't really make any money in TV, but easily I started making more money than it did in TV. Yeah. And I was like, oh. No, no, but I, I also feel like, aside from all of the money and whatever, I feel like this is, like, genuinely your passion. I feel like it translates in, like, the content that you yeah, put I out mean, there. Yeah, I mean, I tell everyone, like, if I wasn't able, I mean, I love producing, and to me, I'm still producing. If I wasn't able to do that, I would have gone back to TV no matter how much yeah. money it was. Would you say that producing is more so your active ingredient than food? Yes. Okay. And I think, like, that's it, too. Like, when people want to, like, even at the, the beginning of this, when you're like, oh, like, food expert. I don't consider myself a food expert. I'm like a chef content. is a food expert. A content like, expert. As a te- yes, I've worked in food world now for eight years and I certainly know more about it than most people probably. And I have eaten all over the world and go to all the restaurants, like have some perspective on it. But to me, like when I talk about food, food talking about food to me is kind of boring, honestly. Like obviously I enjoy eating it and like whatever. But if you're like, hey, let's sit down and break down this dish. No, you don't I, care. I don't care about that. I like how it's made. Like, that's cool to me. But in terms of like, oh, let's taste it and pull out the ingredients. Of, I'm like really passionate about that side of me. I think that's a very chef-y thing. Yeah. That's so would I mean. you say like, when, what is it that you look for in a restaurant or a chef or a dish or something that gets you to produce that super authentic content that I feel like is so, you can easily see it. Like, uh, I, I know we talked about this, you and I separately about um, my Cuban spot. I feel like uh, you genuinely loved that place uh, it so and funny. it translated. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, how do you, what do you look for in people and dishes to shoot? And is there ever an issue like that when you meet someone that is making the dish, you don't feel like they're genuine about what they're doing and it's more gimmicky that you just say like, I don't want to do this, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't blame the cook or chef for that. Like, listen, you know, you know what they're going through and everyone's fucking jaded in New York City, whatever. Uh, yes, there's certainly a lot of dishes. I, I probably say no to most pitches I get for food. Yeah. Especially the videos. Like, the videos are harder too just because like, I think yes, A, I have to be excited about it and like, I'm excited about a lot of dishes. Like, whether I really want to eat it or make a cool, cool video out of it or like, if it's a cool spot or think I really want to show off like my Cuban spot. Um, and that's that's actually called my Cuban spot. It's not me. Yeah, yeah, personal, yeah. My Cuban spot. It's capital guys. Also, M, capital C, capital S. Also, if you're ever in Gowanus, go to my Cuban spot. Yes. They are. I'm zero relation to them, and neither is Jeremy. But we're both obsessed. It's so good. I'm also Cuban, and I'm telling you, it's authentic. Um, but for the video specifically, and then I have to think about like what's going to actually make a good video. And yeah. Sometimes I pitch dishes. I'm like, there's no process here. There's nothing. I'm, there's nothing I'm going to see being made that that you haven't been seen before. Yeah. But I mean, that's like. Sometimes like, oh, we have an amazing chopped salad or something, like uh, whatever. It's like, okay, well, maybe that can make like a beautiful photo, but like a video, like I'm just going to watch someone chop yeah. that shit up and throw it in a bowl. Like that's not a visually enticing video. I'm not going to waste everyone's yeah. time. So I have to, the video sort of take it to the next level of like, 
what's a shot. And when I do every video, I have to think about a couple of things. I have to think about like, what is the full process? So what's sort of like the real story we're telling from start to finish of the dish? What's gonna be that cover photo thing? Like what's that image that's gonna draw everyone in to watch it? And then what's that first four seconds? That, that four, the first four seconds of a video on Instagram are really critical because four seconds is all it takes to count as a view. And most people obviously bored by videos after four seconds anyway, so you have to bring them in. So you need some sort of action shot within the first four seconds to suck them into the video. Um, so I think about that in the process too. I'm always like, what's the process? Let's talk about what I'm going to see. And I sort of try and visualize what I'm seeing when I'm before I even go into the restaurant. So I know I have those three components that are going to make a successful video. Amazing. So you, you go into the restaurant already knowing where you're going to shoot and have a vision for what you see this post looking like. Video wise, a hundred percent photo wise, maybe not, but photo wise, like when I'm looking for a photo, like I'll go in there. All right, let's order six dishes. I, I've seen all of them anyway. Like I'll look at the geos. Like, okay, yeah. no, I'm getting into it. I don't always know what's going to be the best photo until I'll just shoot and edit them. But out of the six, I'll get something that I'll Got work. it. So when you do this, do you do it more so with the intention of putting out great content? Or do you do it more so with the intention of highlighting dishes and restaurants that you really believe in that you're trying to get people to go to those places? Or is it a combination of the two? Um, it's a combination. And I, and I'll sort of pick and choose what I'm going to do based on both of them. I think, like I said, you could get away a little bit more with the photos. Like even this restaurant I really love, I don't know if any of the dishes are super photogenic. You know what? I'll put a photo of me eating the food in place of it. Like there's ways to show it off the best. And I'm like, that's going to get more attention for that restaurant than whatever that dish was. Totally. For example, like a, a sort of like more healthier place, I guess like a super healthy dish might not draw people in immediately. Like if they're just yeah. scrolling past Instagram, but if it's me eating it and I could tell a little story about it, that might suck them in a little yeah. bit. Like that makes sense. So I sort of judge what the content's going to be based off what the dish is going to be. What type of dishes do you think perform the best? Mm. Is there like a blanket type or it's just really dependent? It really is funny. I mean, I do think that like my audience has grown a little bit, um, but it's mostly people in the mid twenties. I think that we're sort of like in this little jaded community. I'm not jaded, but like we're in a bubble in New York city always. Mm -hmm. And people in New York city are very sophisticated about food, but that's not really majority of my audience. Yes. In terms of like compared to everywhere else, most of my audience is New York city, mm -hmm. but New York city composes maybe 30 to 40% of my audience. And 70% of my audience doesn't live in New York City. So I think what performs better overall are dishes that people are more used to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, what does everyone eat? No matter what sort of level of food they're at, foodie they are, what do they all eat? They all love pizza. They all love pasta. They all love French fries. Like those more basic foods Always perform generally well. perform better. Because they're just like, oh, because especially with food account, like people like, People don't necessarily like the photo because it's a beautiful photo, although I wish they would. Yeah. They like it because they want to eat that dish. Yeah. So like, oh, pizza. I love pizza. I'm going to like that. Where it's like... And they share it with their friends and it's so relatable. Your yes, entire friend group's obsessed exactly. with fries. I'm like, Where yeah. if it's like, uh, like a, a lamb burger yeah. or something, it's like, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Moving on. So, yeah. And, and it's like you have like that one friend that maybe, you know? <laughs> yes. So like there's a balance to it. And I generally skew towards like what I want to eat and like, yeah, sure. I guess I post a lot of pizzas and cheeseburgers, but I literally, I mean, I love pizza and cheeseburgers, but I will purposely not just do that. I always say like, if my account was only about getting engagements, that's all I would post. But like my account is very personal. Like it's what I want to show off. And sometimes at that restaurant, what would make the best Instagram photo isn't the best thing yeah. I want to show off. So there's a yeah. balance to it. Okay. So with this access that you have to the food space mm -hmm. and the top chefs, 
top restaurateurs, who would you say is someone that, or you can say a few people that you feel are genuinely doing this with their active ingredient in mind? Like they, it could be the number one cheese sourcer or like the number one sommelier, the number, whatever, whatever you feel like is truly someone that has made an impact that you're like, damn, Christina Tossi gets desserts, (laughs) you know, like who is Uh someone that you just like genuinely feel that passion? Huh. I think who I've been shooting with talking to, uh, you know, I really love, I love eating Grinch fan. Oh, obsessed with her. <laughs> I follow and, her on Instagram. And Des is incredible. And I'm so happy she is Des now because like, so I knew her from the TV world. She hosted a bunch of shows for a cooking channel and then we would have her on beat Bobby Flay and blah, blah, blah. And for the past couple of years, she did like a, she did like a pop up here and there and like a good food festival. And I'd always eat her food and be like, just, I'd be like, even you have to have a restaurant. You have to like, I need your food every day. I can't just eat it once every six months when you do these little things. Uh, and I'm so happy that she's, has she always been cooking Mediterranean? Yeah. I mean, that's just, I think how she grew up. And, yeah. Like, that's her culture and her background. So like, that's where yeah. it would go. And like, that's when it, she did the pop-ups like that was sort of the food. Inspiration yeah, totally. Um, but yes, yeah, so I couldn't has, agree like, more. She has by a the restaurant and they're fucking crushing it and they have a great company behind them. So hopefully they get to explode. I, I'm every day. I'm like, you're going to open in Williamsburg. Oh my God. Like, same. Like what other fast, casual Mediterranean place can we go to here? Like, I really like, I, if you, if you know, let me know. Like Eden, that is I mean, a, please, is so, please open. Food and Israeli food in Williamsburg. We are lucky that way. But like a but fast, like, casual not, one. Not so much fast, casual. Yes. Yeah. And I would, I would go there every day. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> what would you tell someone who is interested in kind of having a similar career path as you, who sees you as an inspiration? Like what would your, what would your guidelines or like any advice that you can give them to kind of identify what their active ingredient is and kind of go after it? Right. Uh, I mean, I think what's truly made it work is that is like, this is what I'm passionate about. It wasn't, I didn't start brunch boys to make money or have a brand or have any of the shit. It was, wow, I really love food. I love making videos and I'm sort of frustrated making TV shows. But I mean, that was part of it too. It was like, I wasn't going to leave TV to make these weird videos. But it was like, okay, when I have time off, like, let me do some videos that, like, no one tells me what to do. Yeah. Because as a producer, like, with every job, people tell you what to do and people say no to your ideas or uh, people edit or whatever it is. And, like, what ends up going out there is what you had in your brain. So it took what I was passionate about and it works. And I think, like, you certainly see that. In the food Instagram world specifically, it started with about 10 of us, maybe. And all 10 of us started very organically. Most of us sort of worked around food anyway. Like, yeah. They worked in PR, they worked in a restaurant, whatever. Um, but they're just passionate about sharing their food. Like, wow, I eat out a lot. I love food. Let me post these photos. I think sort of like the wave of food Instagrams that have followed, not that people aren't passionate, not that those people are passionate about food, but I've met a lot of people where like we sort of go through like your origin stories and they're like, well, I started my Instagram because I wanted free food. And I was just like, I don't know, I was shaking my head at that. It's like, well, that's not yeah. really the point. And then when you look at their accounts, it makes sense because they're clearly people that you can tell say yes to every restaurant yeah. just for free food. They don't give a shit what it is. They don't give a shit what they post. 100%. I feel like those their accounts don't have longevity. that yeah. great because they're like, oh, I'm just happy getting my free food. What's the difference? And people, right. every, uh, there's 10 billion restaurants in New York City. Someone's, as long as I have this following, someone will keep giving me free food. And I think like, that comes across in, in the account. So I think like, Picking something you're passionate about, that's what's going to make it succeed. I think that's the difference between like the accounts that Instagram's made it, you know, whatever. Especially in New York City, you can start a food Instagram account today and like grow. But the separate. Would you recommend, recommend, would you recommend someone starting an Instagram now 
Yeah, if you could do something very cool, I mean, it depends on what you want also. Like, okay, if you are very creative, sure, get that output out, like do cool shit. And even on the brand side, like if you are back in my like, oh, you know, I, I think I could make money doing this, like I could be an influencer or whatever. The money that brands are paying right now are for cool shit. Like if you, obviously need a little bit of following, but if you have 25,000 followers and you're doing like amazing creative content that only you're doing, you're going to get way more money than someone that has 200,000 followers and posts garbage Basic, photos. yeah. Yeah, like that's the trend that it's going towards. So I think, yes, if you can be creative and do something different and actually have like some super original thing, there is space for you and people will find you and brands will find you and whatever. And at the end of the day, like if your goal is just to produce cool shit, then none of that stuff ever matters. And that's what I still say. Like, yeah. I love producing these food videos. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I get paid and like people watch them. Yeah. But I would still be doing it whether that stuff is happening or not. Got it. Is there any other industry aside from the food space that you are interested in producing content for? Um, I mean, in terms of like the video stuff, I don't know. I, I like food. I know food. I know how to produce food. It's interesting to me. I mean, obviously like- It never gets boring. Not really. I mean, on the YouTube side, I do a lot more different type of videos. So like yeah. I do the travel videos and I'll do like the little interview stuff, but it's all sort of based around food right. anyway. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, content creation to me is like, listen, the, that's what I'm good at. That's what I like doing. Everything sort of focuses around that, especially like with my account. Like everything's food sort of, but it's about my travel and about everything I do and where I go and what I'm doing, like the workout stuff too. But I'm not going to become like a workout influencer, I guess. But that's yeah. part of my story and part of what I post about um, in terms of like the, like the, the real content. Yeah, it's just food. Amazing. So I always close the show with this question. We already asked the active ingredient question, but what would you say is your literal active ingredient? What can you not go a day without? Is it coffee? Is it matcha? Is it green tea? Is it pizza? What is it? Um, hmm, that's funny. I guess if it's specifically a food, I do eat a lot of avocados. Every day. I, mean, I am brunch boys. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, if I, I don't... Like it's not on the top of mind, but then when you look back, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I had a lot of avocado this week. Maybe eggs. Um, I make coffee every day too, but I don't feel I don't feel like any of those things are needed. It really is more like I don't know my cell phone. <laughs> that's a good one. That's an honest one. My cell phone is what I need every day. I can I, I can starve and be <laughs> and be on your phone looking at avocados. Yeah, be fine, <laughs> and it'll satiate you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Love Brunch Boys. You guys should follow him at, at Brunch Boys. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give a shout out to your personal? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's at Jeremy Jacobitz. I am a sort of micro influencer there now, too. Yeah, I feel like you are kind of a fitness. <laughs> I always ask you, I'm like, what are you doing for your workouts? You would think for someone who eats out all the time. Well, that's important. It's, I mean, that's how I sort of bring it back to the food thing. Like, okay, well, like, I eat a lot of food. Like, working out actually is a huge part of my life, also. So it's like bringing in all those things yeah. that still sort of centered around. You're like an athlete. In your own in your own capacity, you kind of have to you have to perform at a certain level. Sure, yeah. You exactly. have to kind of like bring your body to this place <laughs> where you can eat as much as you can. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This is yeah, so much fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient. See you guys next time.